Listening to Get Trekked, hosted by KBOO Portland. You are with me, Godiva Lee, and me, Josette Detour. Our very first episode of our podcast. Dude. I know. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't do nothing yet, but we did it. Oh, no, yeah. We're the kind of people who are excited just at the mention of things. So we're like, oh, we've done it already. It's done. It's done. (laughs) We're golden. We're just both two big nerds. How long have you been a Trek fan? Oh, very long time. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, not too long compared to some of my friends who've been nerds out of the womb. I think I was like an edgy 12-year-old. You know, all those hormones are starting to pump through your body. And then all of a sudden, some Star Trek episode comes on. And it's like, what if gods aren't really gods but they're aliens and i was like dude that exactly happened to me when i started watching it in high school like because i went to like one of those like teeny tiny religious you know like high schools i watched that this godlike creature like attacks the enterprise and picard's like that same thing like gods aren't really gods and i was like oh my everything has changed I'm going to skip all the Bible classes they make me take, and I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been, a, I've been a Trek fan since high school. My best friend got me into it. I was a Doctor Who fan, actually, before I got into Star Trek, and it was just sort, sort of like a natural gravitation, like, you know, both cheesy sci-fi, both geeky stuff. It's Star Trek has taken over my life ever since. Me and Godiva met at Star Trek Las Vegas. Uh, she text, she messaged me on Tumblr. You saw like a a thing I how did how did that happen? Actually? Oh, I actually saw a picture of you from another convention. Of I think it was a bunch of people oh, dressed Silicon up Valley. like ships. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silicon Valley Comic Con mentioning tumblr on the podcast already i know no no (laughs) nobody talks about tumblr in real life bleep bleep out tumblr like no we don't use tumblr (laughs) we don't even know what that is never heard of her no and then i checked out your page and it was like the trashiest silliest shit and i was just like okay yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. i can dig it you're like we're we're trashy sure yeah that's that's literally in our tagline that's literally the tagline of our of our podcast you're trash i'm trash and we met up in las vegas around the time after our last trip to vegas i mentioned to godiva like hey we should do a podcast we both know sound we both know trek why not and that's crazy. That's like a lot of people that I know who are into Star Trek have experience, uh, sound yeah. editing experience. Uh, you're in film school. Uh, I volunteer at KBOO and I also like co-host Radio Geekly. I know um, Nate and Ryan and Adam, who we actually interviewed, who did Trek in the Park. And they have like a theatrical background. And then <laughs> um, we actually are going to play an interview for you guys that we did and read through from the gang from Trek in the Park, part of the gang from Trek in the Park. Can we just bullshit about things? Yeah, yeah we can bullshit about things. Yeah. We're really good at bullshitting. Yeah. We're charming as fuck. Is this um, coffee over being paid? <laughs> yeah, 
you're getting paid eating coffee. That's why I was like, are you sure it's like not? Um, Adam Roscoe, I played Captain Kirk in all five seasons of Trek in the Park. Oregon, living for 11 years. My name is Nathan Ailing. I played uh, Montgomery Scott four seasons, and I've been in Oregon for eight years. My name's Ryan Castro. I portrayed Ensign not appearing in this episode for four years and also Con for one year. And I'm Godiva, and Josie is on the other end down in California. What's up? And you're listening to Radio Geekly and Get Trekked. All right, let's get into it. <sighs> All right, so how did uh, Trek in the Park get started? Oh, geez. Well, we, my sister and I, uh, her name's Amy Roscoe. She's not here, but she's the other half of Atomic Arts. And we decided a couple, oh, God, now it's almost 10 years ago, we wanted to do just something over the summer. We had a really good time doing a Shakespeare in the Park show. Oh, nice. And just wanted to kind of keep that going, something really low-key, uh, cheap to produce, just get our friends together and do something fun. And kind of went through a million plays and movies and TV shows and trying to think of something. And then we randomly stumbled on YouTube, the Kirk and Spock Unlock Time fight with the, the big bladed jousting sticks and yeah. all that. They're called Lear Buck. Lear, the Lear, yeah, the <laughs> Lear Thank you, Nate. Thank you. And uh, we saw that one scene. We're like, oh my God, this is perfect. And it has the right amount of silliness and just overall just fun that we wanted to have. And went and watched the rest of the episode, and the episode like translated really well to stage. So we started doing that. And if that was a hit, we would do four more. And the first one exceeded our expectations completely. And we went on and did five in total. Five-year mission. Did you guys have any uh, theater experience before you did this? I had, I had, yeah. I went to school for theater, and when I graduated college, I moved to Oregon. So, I was hungry to do some plays, some just keep working. And I was doing plays in Portland, and I was really, really disappointed with the content and the output that Portland had for theater. So instead of just like wasting my time and energy like on shows I didn't believe in, I just wanted to do, just kind of took it on myself to like. We'll do it myself and do it on my own terms. So. And so you were a fan of Star Trek, obviously. I was far. a casual fan. Casual fan. Casual. Right. I guess very casual. Like casual or... yeah. 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 Um, I grew up on watching Next Gen and original series, but that was just through like our mother, it was who was a huge Trekkie. So that was just always like kind of like our mom's thing with Star Trek. We liked yeah. other stuff. Wasn't that uh, the same with you, right? I uh, I think I had watched maybe half of The Next Generation by the time I had done uh, Trek in the Park. Almost none of the original series, maybe like six or seven episodes. And my parents had uh, they had recorded a copy of Star Trek Four on a VHS, but they were terrible at skipping out commercials, so there was about 20 minutes missing. But <laughs> oh, I watched nice. that probably maybe a hundred times growing up. How did you find everybody, the whole cast? Well, I met world? Ryan at a strip club. <laughs> that's not a, that's true. It's 100% true. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was basically, I had a few friends in town, and so did my sister. My sister had been uh, in Portland for oh, about six or seven years before I showed up, and so she had a, a good stable of friends who were good, like, craftsmen and musicians and stuff to, like, kind of do any, like, building we needed to do. She worked at an animation studio, so we had access to, like, just like building materials for props and stuff, and some like some people that she worked with would volunteer their time and effort to do that. And then I think it was on me to like kind of assemble the cast. And like literally, my roommate at the time was Spock shaped, so obviously like it seems it sort of like fell together. And um, 
I resisted. I didn't want to play Kirk. I just wanted to do directing and all that. I had gone out to a couple of guys to play Kirk, and they were just like, I don't know Star Trek. I'm not interested. The people that were in the play already were just like, you have to do Kirk. You have to. So You kind of have the hair, so. I do now. I didn't then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then with Ryan, like, we were going to strip Roki at Devil's Point every Sunday. Hey. And like, he was the other constant regular. So it was just like kind of like, you know, we're there every Sunday. We sit a little closer. We sit a little closer. Like, hi, let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Senior did around. you Did you expect it to get as big as it did? No, God, no. We were... I had the I did the Shakespeare in the Park show the summer prior and that had like I don't know like 30 40 people in the audience and I was like if we get that like that's fine that's great. I mean it was huge. Right. Well like our first our first show I was expecting like I don't know 25 people or something to show up and it was 100. When did it start 2010? 9. 2009. All right. Yeah, I read about it in the Mercury. I never got a chance to go out and see it. Yeah, and like, you know, we, we had the advantages. It's like, you know, the advantage of like, oh, it's who you know around town. Like, we had the advantage of Amy used to work at the Mercury. So, like, when we said to them, like, hey, we have a show, you know, they gave us a little extra oomph with the, the publicity and stuff. Like, wrote a couple nice articles and all that. So, we were really fortunate. So, this was all a labor of love then. Like, did anybody get paid or? I mean, we did, like, we sold t-shirts and stuff. Okay. And, you know, they had a box in front of the stage after the show but we didn't like shove it in people's faces like give us money it was just like if you liked it buy a shirt we and were sponsored by pbr so i believe it was all the beer you could drink so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. so when you wow. made the joke about you know getting paid with coffee not far off right <laughs> i'm on the right track 14 cases of 24 cans just to start the season and said we could have more if we wanted really? yeah that's always a fun day when we would start a new show then and uh you knew, like, we were getting close, and, like, your anticipation got, like, even greater when, like, the beer pyramid arrived. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's, like, the point of no return. The beer pyramid's here. We have to do the show now. <laughs> so, like, was that, like, you a warm-up routine of, like... Getting drunk before the show? Yeah. Oh, no. No. I mean, we did sometimes on accident. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we... I'm drunk right now. We had a... We had a <laughs> we, I remember we had one show, I think it was the first year, where Amy had to put a rule of, like, only... You had two beers. That's There's a the limit. Mess. Do you have beer tokens? Or no, because like... there was there was one show like I we started really early, like I got to like we used Amy's house as our like our green room, which was just down the street from the park we were performing at, and I had like I don't know uh, like six beers on accident because I was just there super early and just chilling, well, and yeah. I kept cracking them, and then I got on stage, and the second the, like the first sentence I said to the to the crowd is like you know just kind of welcoming them to the show. It was like in my head, and, and, and Amy's was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. Um, well, as far as like crazy set stories, does anybody have like like an epic memory of Trek in the Park where you look back on it and you're like, fuck, man? <laughs> Were there any like uh, fighting accidents? Somebody like fell off the stage or something like that? Um, we were so safe. Yeah. I remember safety being huge, especially for the Baghdad performances. Like, we did the fight for Mirror Mirror on the Baghdad stage, and yep. we didn't cut any of it, and that's wow. a tiny stage. We had some good fight coordinators. Yeah. This was one time when I was Khan, and Adam was Kirk, and he got me real hard with uh, one of the uh, one of the sticks that we were using to beat me to death with. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're <laughs> <laughs> supposed to pull it, and, you know, I didn't on accident. So what was the setup for the show like? As we continued, like, the first year is pretty scotch tape and popsicle sticks. And then as we continued, like, it just, the quality got 
greater and greater. And we're just, again, like really fortunate that we found the right people that were just like, oh yeah, I have an airbrush machine. I'll make Andorians for you. Like, I'll make the little like antennas. Yeah, I'll make the one fall awesome. off. You know, like uh, we had, I think like uh, a production memory and just like a, a crazy like Star Trek memory is how we got all the tribbles for Trouble with Tribbles. We had the Jack London bar over underneath the Rialto donate their space and we just invited people to make us tribbles and the response and the turnout was unbelievable it was almost like i felt bad yeah because it looked like a sweatshop <laughs> in there there's all these people there people brought their sewing machines and like their, their gear and we hit the tribble goal and then some we uh we made them out of old rugs and fake fur coats and everything that anyone could find at goodwills and thrift shops around there we also had people mailing them to us. Really? Uh, we had Excalibur wow. Comics was kind of our, our mailing address. So we, we would show up for, uh, we were working there, and then we'd show up, and they would just give us bags, like, here, you have to take home your tribbles. <laughs> yeah. And they would come with these letters and pictures from people. Uh, from how far away? Uh, we had Alaska tribbles. Yeah, Whoa. Alaskan tribble. The Alaskan tribbles, if the Alaskan tribble maker is listening, those were our rehearsal tribbles. They showed up really early, and they were really, really durable. They're amazing. <laughs> they didn't have the right... They tried to dye white fur to make it look like it, and then they put them in the dryer to make it happen. They're the most... Uh, they're horrific looking. And I, I love them more than anything. It's... How did you guys get the tribbles to like spill out onto Kurt? Because I remember he like opens the trap door and they all like fall down onto him. What did you guys do for that? Uh, we literally had a, a case above the stage that was attached to a wall. And that was full of tribbles. But then I think we had like one of those uh, enormous garbage bags you get from like waste management. That, like you would, you know, when you clear out your garage or like yeah. you tear up your, right, your yard, yeah. we had that full of tribbles. So oh we they God. just kept dumping. And like, we had one guy with, a, with, with like one guy pushing them. with a broom, <laughs> and like you know five people just dumping off out of the bag. And, I like, would volunteer for that. And it was job. all it was all hidden. Like yeah. if you watch the stage, you can't tell. But if you were to like look behind, you just see these guys just getting all these tribbles out. I always wanted to be that guy. Anytime I watch Trouble with Tribbles, I, like, imagine being the dude that's, like, hidden in the fucking corridor and just, like, ah. like, like pushing out all the Tribbles. I like, really hated William Shatner, too, and he's like, mm -hmm. this is my chance to just fucking pelt him. Oh, yeah, my like, brother-in-law <laughs> was the one, like, looking through the hole, and, like, you know, as, like, the big dump happens and Kirk's trying to talk to somebody, there's still, like, one Tribble. <laughs> Hits your head. One. And another one. Well, he was amazing. He, like, him and uh, this guy, Steven Schmucker, they, they did the triple dump. And it was like, they started work on the triple dump before we started rehearsing. Sketching it out, planning how it was going to, like, be pulled off. And then we had, like, several, like, I would go into their workshop four weeks out, two weeks out, and, like, do another te a test of the dump. And, like, there's a there's a video of me with, like, safety goggles and a mask, like, just... Because they're, they're dirty, you know, dusty, hairy tribbles. Yeah. They came from everywhere. I mean, you everywhere. had a bunch of fans working in a dirty sweatshop, so mm -hmm. they're going to be a little filthy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> I love the this moment right after the tribble dump. Uh, Adam walks off stage, and because they are tribbles and they're mm. covered in hair, he's covered head to toe in, in fur. Like, it's he, he, he looks terrible. So we had a, like, an Adam car wash where we had five, <laughs> 10, Yeah, because I had, I had maybe... people? We had maybe, like... 15 seconds before I had to be back on. Yeah. Like a bunch of lint rollers and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. One lint roller in each hand, you know, 10 oh people. Like, did they just... swarm or did you like walk through? Like, like one a... person has the right leg, one person has the left leg. <laughs> grab him, grab him. Yeah. <laughs> one person just gives you a wet towel to wipe your face. Yeah, yeah, I want the, <laughs> trying to get my face all good. Yeah, 
God. So what was like the process of you guys setting up for an episode? Like how, how rigorous was the rehearsal? Um, what, what was the process there? I remember three, four weeks, five weeks. Yeah. You know, two, three hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot to do. And then that last week, you know, it's the gauntlet where we just don't stop and dress rehearsals and, you know, every day adding another huge element. Because by the end, by the like year four and five, we had, you know, spot mics that were blasting sound out in the back of the park. Like, we had to, like, really up our tech game for the, the last two because we were in a much bigger space. And also, we got a lot of complaints year three. Like, my only regret of Mirror Mirror is we never really actually got to do it because we were screaming the lines in front of each other. Yeah. You're the captain's woman! Yeah. <laughs> Deli says you're not! Two inches away from each other. Yeah, yeah. The Woodlawn Park stage is very small. It's it's equipped for only 100 people. We had probably 500, and they were sitting behind the stage in the blazing sun. Uh, Dedication. I couldn't do it. I'd be like, fuck this. We're, we're, we're back at the house having our one beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how fans will come together to to make something like that, like send in trebles, st- sit oh, in yeah. the sun for like hours. It's amazing. Yeah, Star Trek fans, like, they lose... They're awesome, and they, they don't miss anything. Like even the like subtlest stuff that we throw in, people caught it, and yeah. that was really cool. That was really sure. satisfying. I do still get a lot of questions too, um, just from telling everybody that I'm interviewing you guys is if there's ever a chance that you would do it again. Stars have to align in a really weird way, and I want That's like Star Trek's. No. I want Star Trek's <laughs> backing. I want their, like, complete blessing. Did you ever get, like, any hassle? That's part of the thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's, like, half the reason we stopped at five. Five. Really? Half the reason being, one, we wanted just a five-year mission, very clean, end it when it was ended at its best, and just go away. Also, I really felt like only, like, five episodes that really translate well, and we did those. Yeah. Um, yeah. As we were about to start year five, we got a letter from Paramount that was like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, and oh, let's get shit. on a phone call with a lawyer. What the fuck are you doing? I feel like that happens to all fan productions. At some point, Paramount's like, nope, that's ours. You can't love our show. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, they couldn't greedy. have been nicer about it, actually. Like, weird to say that they were really cool. Because as they're, you know, discussing this with us, they're like, hey, what are you doing? This is wrong. This, we own this. You don't. This is copyrighted material, blah, blah, blah. Is that and, a Britney Spears shirt? I'm sorry. I yeah. just noticed. Okay, cool. And, uh,. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's it. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, yes, I interrupted. I just noticed. Go ahead. <laughs> and... Talking about lawyers in Paramount. It's like, wait, is that Britney? It's Britney, bitch. Uh... It's Britney, uh... bitch. <laughs> uh, as we're as we're talking with these people online or on the phone, they're like, all right, well, it seems like you're doing something really nice for your community. We love the pictures. We think this is awesome. We can't publicly say that. We can't endorse you guys in any way, but. Mm. On your website, it says they're doing this five-year mission, that it's all over after this one. Are you telling the truth about that, or are you going to surprise your audience yeah. and continue? And just immediate decision was like, yeah, we're done. That's it. And they're like, wanna like, okay, that. all right. Because didn't, I didn't want to be shut down for Tribbles. I, I was wanting to do Tribbles since we did year one. Yeah. But like, you can't fucking take my Tribbles away. <laughs> like, I need this one. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, that's great. That's great. Like, finish what you're doing, and we all walk away. And I'm like, deal. If you guys, uh, I know, I don't know how familiar familiar you are with other Star Trek shows. If you could perform 
one of the other shows, like, which one would you do? And, and would you if you had the chance? I've had this conversation a lot with people because Next Generation is by far the more popular show. They're, they're like, well, you did Star Trek original series. Now you got to do Next Gen. And it just doesn't translate. It doesn't, right. it doesn't look good. Well, so... <laughs> it's not it's not sexy it's so it's staunchy. it's sexy in its, sorry, in its own but... way like it's a it's it's a, st- a story told through editing and cuts and it's a more of a, a cinematic tv show like the star trek the original series is very static and simple sets and it just it lends itself so well post star wars special effects versus you know laser beams yeah, yeah. and like in, in next generation is is the superior show because it's a show where we can sit and have a conversation, and that conversation is like what's the where the drama is. But they didn't mm-hmm. do that on the original series. They would like talk a little bit and then punch each other. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's great. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's just more fun for the audience to watch versus just like let's talk about the alliance with the Klingons. Yeah, and things like that. And also black polyester in the summer. Like no way. Oh god. <laughs> Other people did their own uh, next generation in the park, and it was mostly fun. Oh really? Just Where at? Uh, I know there was one in Eugene, and I think the Funhouse Lounge tried to get one off the ground, too. Was it that or the improv thing? I know they did that. Yeah. The, don't put any of your characters in blackface. That's, uh... <laughs> that's... that's uh, the Klingons. Oh, man. Blackface Wharf. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's what I was just like, you know, when I heard about that Eugene show, I was like, all right, let's go ahead. I want to, I really want to see this. <laughs> I'm all ears and I saw it. I'm like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, enough. You see that a lot in a lot of different places and you're kind of like, uh, I don't know what to say with this whole like wharf thing. I, uh, just sort of like a moral conflict there. Yeah. Well, there was a guy at Emerald City Comic Con who was blackface Jordy LaForge. Oh, oh no. Are you like, joking? It was just like this very ill-informed dude. Like, okay. Yes. I love oh. Jordy too. You don't have to do that. It's a you can dress up as a character. Yeah. You don't have the the race isn't a thing you should. Yeah, no. Jordy's a visor, man. Yeah, he's a visor. Just wear the visor. Everyone will get it. It's just not, it's just not coming together. It's missing something. Wow. I've been. You know, I, I put need... you know uh, my sister's barrettes in front of my face for years. Like <laughs> there you go. How vindicated were you when you found out that that's actually what it was? Hair like, clips? Yeah. It's was just, it really hair clips? It, it's just a fucking hair clip. No shit. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Cool. You just blew my mind. There we go. That's crazy. Uh, vindicated. You're like, ah, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um. So, what was it like at the end of the series? Just the last episode. You did the Trouble with Tribbles. Was the last. Yeah, that was the last one. Yeah. Crazy. You guys, you you guys tell me like, that was yeah. nuts. It was it was a victory lap. I mean, we the net that we had cast bringing in people every year. You know, we started small. Actually, let me take a step back because I'm coming in year two, and if you can imagine from my point of view, I'm moving to a new city, and hardest part moving to a new city is trying to make friends. And so you walk in and immediately you're just handed a group of friends. You're like, here you go. Portland's <laughs> like that. This, this is your friend Ryan. He's also you know, he's our Chekhov. Here's Dana. She's our, uh, she's our, our these, these are your friends now. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then as we added people every year, you know, we added a few Klingons, you know, like, now they're your friends. We had, uh, we added a, a Sulu. We had to bring in, a, you know, uh, that friend. And so slowly this group kind of grows and grows and grows until, uh, you know, it's a, it's its own living thing. Uh, not terribly unlike, you know, family. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, so, even if you came in late, you were there for four years. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, we use the same people over and over. People that I were use, using, like, year three or four, they're like, man, like, come on, man, I just want, like, a bigger part. Like, come on, give, give me something. Like, give me some, you know, really chew on. When we did Tribbles, every single person had their perfect role, I feel. Everyone was happy, but everyone, like, no one else could have played that character other than this friend. You know, we had, like, the, of course... The Portland Pirate Society, they were the Klingons. They were perfect. You know, people that were veterans from other shows, like, transitioned into a different thing. They were perfect for it. And that was, like, really satisfying. Because, like, by at the end, everyone got their moment. Like, there's they're something for them to, like, keep forever. And that was really satisfying. I looked at all the old pictures from the, uh, the bar scene for Tribbles, and I forget because, you know, I was downstage and we're having our scene, but I forget behind us, it's like literally all my friends. Yeah. Like, it's everybody's there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, even by the end, because, like, we had the big bar scene, we had to, like, kind of fill the stage with aliens and just cool shit going on. We had every friend that was, like, tangentially involved or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something, they were extras. <laughs> yeah. We had uh, some special guest stars, too. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of, like, Star Trek fans don't miss anything. No, like, not at all. Garrett Wong, like, Ensign Kim, like, came to visit. What? Twice. Like, he had awesome. some friends. He's such a cool guy. He had friends in town, yeah. He's really nice. You know, fans, he's a, he's a normal-looking dude. He's just a dude. He's not, like, terribly, like, whoa. Like, like you know, Letter Nemo walked on stage. Everyone would realize immediately. Yeah. And be like, oh, my God, yeah. he's alive. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Garrett showed up and we threw him in. He, you know, ran in and did like a, you know, he manned the helm for a little while. We did not promote him and didn't mention him at all. And Trent, so when he, he was... showed up on stage, like half the people in the audience were like, holy shit, Ensign Kim. <laughs> I'm like, really? From this distance? You recognize him? Oh, yeah. Cool. Don't Great. Oh, no, yeah. nobody misses that. I want to see the horrifying tribbles from Alaska. Did anybody keep the horrifying? I have a number of the horrifying tribbles from Alaska. Like they're, they're some of my prized possessions. Yeah. Are, are the Alaskan tribbles? They're, they're not horrifying. They're durable. Okay. <laughs> they were the rehearsal tribbles. They tribbles. took a beating and still made it through the whole show. They make, and this is, but they make really great uh, pin cushions if you're doing any kind of sewing. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> Oh my god, those tribbles have seen some shit. Yeah. Did you guys ever meet the actors that uh, of the characters that you played, that. like uh, Shatner mm-hmm. or anything? Castro. Yeah, I met Walter Koenig. In fact, he autographed my arm and I got it tattooed over. So now I have oh, uh, awesome. Walter Koenig autograph on my arm forever. Really? Yeah, I was getting. Did he know? Did he know that you played him? Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but our Spock has Nimoy before he passed. Oh, wow. um, Sulu has uh, George Takei. George Takei has copies of the show, like the DVD. Oh, version. really? Yeah. Dana Uhura has Nichelle Nichols. Jimmy Doohan's dad. You can get Simon Pegg. Uh, people say that, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I want to get my own name. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone told me to get Shatner. You got to do it. You got to do it. But I'm like, I, just something. I don't want William Shatner's name tattooed on me for some reason. Why not? I don't know. I feel like he's going to get like Bill Cosby oh, come at the 11th on. hour or something. Like, yeah, we live in an age where our heroes could turn Yeah, really, like this really could take a turn really horribly, really quickly. Yeah, that's um, true. I think everyone knows Will Shatner's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. also yeah. he's an asshole. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. A lovable asshole. And I am too. But then my asshole response is, I'll get Chris Pine in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So what are you guys up to now? Do you, are you still in theater or... Uh, yeah, we well, tried, I know you are. Yeah, yeah I, I try and keep something going. We we do regularly. We've done the Castor uh, uh, and I have done the forty eight hour film fest together for a number of years, and we've done a lot of theater stuff. Mm-hmm. I when the show ended, I wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure I had very large body work ahead of me. 
<laughs> idea. You know, they just, just keep doing something. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I'm going to quote John Mayer. John Mayer talked about, you know, he wanted to always be on stage. He wanted always people seeing him on stage holding a guitar. So when the paparazzi take all the other pictures, so when his, when his legend, the John Mayer legend goes away, he's always seen on stage playing guitar, much like Jimi Hendrix. You never see just pictures of Hendrix hanging out. I wanted pictures of me in costumes, uh, as many costumes as humanly possible all the time. And, you know, you got to work at it. Uh, and having Trek in the Park as a calling card, great way to get into stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just do unboxing videos of Britney Spears CDs. That's okay. my <laughs> oh, there you go. Watch that. ASMR Britney Spears videos. I just do reaction videos. Perfect. <laughs> Taking the cellophane off of Britney Spears. Britney! <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. And then you take the cellophane, we put it in a blender, and we put, like, carrots in it, and then we drink it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Britney Spears podcast, man. Yeah. Sorry. Get speared. Hi, welcome to the Britney Spears podcast. And you'll be winning. Do you guys uh, ever have uh, fans of the Trek in the Park come and see you guys at like plays or anything? And they're like, oh. (laughs) Um, uh, Sorry, sorry. No, I just was curious. It kind of, kind of, sort of. I saw a uh, Space Seed shirt in the wild last weekend. Like I was coming out of the bank, and you know, I don't. I try not to be like, "Hey, my That's name me. is Wade Scully. I like your shirt." <laughs> <laughs> I, I play as cool as I can, so you know, you dip the glasses, you go, "Hey, pal, cool shirt." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I get in the car and I call my wife. I'm like, "Oh, this is all a trick shirt, wow!" <laughs> play cool, play cool. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and it does still happen, and that's the you talk with people, and it's been it's been a number of years, and so people are. You'd be like, oh yeah, you remember Trek in the Park? I'm like, yeah, but it still happens. Mm-hmm. Like, you still have people come up and be like, hey. It's it's starting to become urban legend. Like, as as if, you know, people keep moving into the town and like they're Star Trek fans. Like, oh, did you hear that there was a thing that it was like this? And like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> how did that even exist? How yeah. did that even happen? Like, it's starting to be, get to that level. I was looking you guys up on YouTube, and there's a clip about Trek in the Park yeah. on a Portlandia That's sketch. Us. Yeah, yeah, they All they right. filmed us. Uh, wow! Didn't you have a a, a business that hired extras? For I Portlandia? do have a business that hires extras. Yeah, oh, that, you still do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so the first time I worked for Portlandia, I was doing Trek in the Park and hiring their fucking extras for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Because right. they had to they had to um, fill the audience for the Star Trek play, and the easy right. way to do that was like, hey, we had just finished Mirror Mirror. So we just turned to our fan base like, hey, remember when you couldn't hear Mirror Mirror for shit? If you show up at 8 a.m. on a Saturday, we're going to do it one more time yeah. for Portlandia for them to film it. <laughs> and uh, they, they showed up. So I should thank Portlandia because like, when I say that, like we never really got to do Mirror Mirror. We got to do it once. Hey, Adam, what hmm. do you think of Into Darkness? Oh, that's a Star Trek memory. Because we oh, went to man. a premiere with all the like fans and shit for Into Darkness. And like, oh, really? we were like the guests of honor for... So, like, we're this all eyes on the Star Trek people. Yeah. It's the Trek Park people. They're there. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this movie's going to suck balls. And, like, it did. And it sucked <laughs> hard nuts. <laughs> it really and, hard. Uh, and, like, everyone looking at me, like, huh? Oh, you loved it, right? And I'm like, I remember uh, I had just got back from Vegas and I had my phone off for the flight. And then I turned it back on and I got this text from Adam. It's like, premiere for the new Trek tonight at Cinetopia. I'm like, okay, I got to go there. So I go there, and uh, there's a will call ticket and a fancy envelope waiting for me. And I go over to the theater, and it's it says it's Iron Man 3, but it's only oh. one screening, so it's obviously a secret <laughs> showing. And 
I was so excited. This is like every single thing I possibly wanted, and then the movie just laid there like a big fried egg, and I had nothing but questions. <laughs> That's about, such a good How analogy. Is <laughs> How is this supposed to work? This is terrible. It doesn't make any sense, and it's terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember like don't don't yell con, don't yell con, don't fucking do it. Oh, you just did it. Um, <laughs> and the crowd cheered, and I'm like, you're all stupid. <laughs> But then we got, you know, Star Trek Beyond out of it, and that's cool. <laughs> I do love that Simon Pegg Scotty is on a long-lost ancient starship, and the first thing he does is start digging through the closets to find a jacket. Like, he's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> do you, Josie, do you have any more questions, or should we jump into this uh, reading? All right, uh, I guess we should get into that reading then, I guess, huh? All right, who's playing who? Do you, do you mind if I, I step out for a sec? Sure, go for it. Absolutely. And take a quick break. 